Here we go. Welcome to the main zone. I am Jermaine. Thank you for tuning in my podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I really appreciate it. Hope everyone's safe and healthy wearing a mask out there. Now, quick backstory. I work in education. I've been working in education for the past uh, six years at an inner city public charter school. So when things come across my, let's say, notifications or on the news that deal with education, I actually pay attention to them. So here's something that I came across today that really, you know, bothered me a little bit. So Trump is threatening to cut funding to education if schools don't start next month. That makes absolutely no sense. So if you take an inner city school, they're already, they are already lacking funding, right? So you're going to take away more funding from schools that actually need funding because you want everybody to start back, even with COVID outbreak going on everywhere. Now, these inner city schools are filled with black and brown students. Now, yes, there are other races of kids that are there, but the majority are minority students. So these kids don't have the same resources as more affluent areas of whatever city that you actually live in. So let me get this straight. You get a poor education, which then leads to a poor job, which then turns into you repeating the cycle which is very frustrating from an education standpoint because my job, part of my job is trying to get kids to, to transition and, and, and create a different legacy for their family. So it doesn't make any sense if he plans on really cutting funding to public schools. And I hope it's just, you know, say some off-cuff rant or whatever, but I really hope that they revisit that and, and and do not do that to uh, our students. I mean, we, we need all the funding that we can get. These communities are already underserved as it is. Uh, now on to sports. Woo! Patrick Mahomes. Man. He just blew the lid off of quarterback salaries. Man signed a 10-year, $503 million contract. I'm happy for him. You know, he comes from a great family. His father played Major League Baseball. You know, so he's got that whole demeanor where you can trust him that he's not, he's not going to stop working because you gave him so much money. But I do have some advice for him. Number one, make sure you know where your money's at. Big. Pay attention to your finances. Get involved. Just don't trust it to your accountant or your financial advisor. But actually, get, really get involved get to, and learn what's going on. Then my second bit of advice is... is to anybody that I would say is 25 years old and comes across that kind of money, heck, anybody 25 in general, you know, can use this advice. Man, you need to break up with your girlfriend, bro. It's time. There's no way, there's no way you should continue your relationship unless you have some like Will Smith, Jada Pinkett, and whoever that random guy is that keeps saying that they had a, he had a relationship with Jada. I don't know all that stuff. But uh, unless you're going to have one of those, go ahead and break up with her, man. You can, you know, if it's meant to be, you can get back together, you know, five, six years from now. But right now, 500 million coming, you know, and you're about to be the face of, you're the face of the NFL, but you're going to have even more cachet. 
just go ahead, you know, just let him know, you know, catching a few years. Staying in the NFL, well, first before that, what do you think Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, and Lamar Jackson is going to be asking for? For that matter, even Trevor Lawrence here in a few years. You got to remember in the NFL, when when free agent, well, when players get their extensions and sign, they're trying to set the new bar. You know, a couple years ago, Jared Goff set the bar. Carson Wentz wanted to set the bar. You know, then Russell Wilson came and set the bar. Now you have Mahomes, who's in a class himself, but now he's setting a bar that's like behind beyond. Um, some of our comprehension. I, I I didn't expect somebody to get a you know first started with four hundred million, then went to four fifty. Now with all the incentives of five hundred three million. But you know, good 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 thing for him. Take care of your money, and and it'd be all good for him. Keep it up with football though. Deshaun Jackson, come on now. On Instagram, made a comment, posted a comment, had a message was apparently an Adolf Hitler quote. I mean. This is not the time for that. It creates more divisiveness, you know, of the movement that the Black Lives Matter and and being socially aware of what's going on and and black people want equality. That's not the way to do it. I know he, you know, got back on his social media platforms and apologized and it was taken out of context and all that, but you gotta be, you know, when you're in a position where people really pay attention to you, you need to be more mindful and do a little research before you just, you know, push post. The WNBA is about to start here in July out at IGM, IMG Academy. Now, I saw some pictures floating on the internet about their living arrangements. The WNBA needs to do better. You know, they've done, they made some great strides of increasing player salaries and things of that, uh, things like that, but they need to make sure that their living arrangements are solid. Now, I get it. They're not going to be staying in the place like the NBA players, but it doesn't matter. They need to make sure that the living arrangement that they have for these uh, amazing basketball players is sufficient. Yeah. Got the Atlanta Dream part owner. Made some the wrong, again, wrong comments. I don't care if that's what she believes. You just don't say it. You know, she doesn't want Black Lives Matter painted on the court, but she wants instead players to have the American flag to the jersey just be quiet clearly she's out of touch with what's going on in society right now so she's either be quiet you know and then even you know take the time to think does she even want to be an owner part owner of, of the team i mean the majority of her players completely disagree with her statement heck the majority of of, of the whole WNBA disagree with her position on the matter so she needs to reevaluate, you know, and probably decide she needs to decide to, you know, step down. Big ups to the NBA. Well, uh, let me not say big ups. You know, let's go small ups to the NBA. They're allowing players to have, you know, social justice statements put on their jerseys, but they hand them a list of approved uh, words and phrases. Now, I get it. You can't say, you know, you can't go all NWA and say F the police. You know, but I think they could have allowed players to have a bigger say in what they wanted to have put on their jerseys. You know, I don't think it needs to be a, a list of, you know, 10, 15, 20 approved slogans or words. I think each player 
could have said, articulated what he really wanted to say, and then asked for approval. You know, as long as it's in good taste, you know, that way it's not some, it looks like, like, the way they're doing, it's like a uniform. It's like, okay, so these 10 players are going to have this on, these five players are going to have this on, these 12 players are going to have this on, which it turns into just the 20 words. No, allow players to voice their opinion, you know, and, and, and or whatever concern that they might have, because, again, for every player, it could be different. Now, the Washington football team, I mean, I'm not even going to say their, their, their mascot's name, but they're finally looking to change the name. Man, what a step in the right direction. Not a fan of the team. I'm a Cowboy fan, so, you know, that's that's neither here nor there, but try to throw that in. But the whole notion that teams don't change names is absurd. Of the four major sports teams in America, every one of the te- – there's been a team on every one of them that has made a name change in the last 25 years. And something in my research, and I was looking that up, was that the – Stanford University from 1930 to 1972 was called the Stanford Indians. I didn't know that. They changed their name in 1981 to the Cardinals. Did any of you all know that? Now, you know, Carmelo Anthony went on Instagram and posted a, you know, he had a post that said, get rid of, was it Warriors, Chiefs, Blackhawks, Indians, Braves, and the Washington team. Get rid of all of these slogans. The Warriors, no, I'm about to disagree with them on that. The Washington team, yes, it's offensive. Get rid of it. She got rid of it 30 years ago. But the Warriors, I mean, that's a stretch. Call me ignorant. I didn't know that the, the, the that Golden State was referred to as Native Americans. I just I didn't know that. And then the Blackhawks, their name was in honor of the U.S. 86th Infantry Division, which was nicknamed the Blackhawk Division after Black Hawk, a Native American chief. So, I mean, that's actually like a the Chicago Blackhawks, or, or it's kind of like a bat, like a like a name out of honor. You can look at it differently than I do, but I don't I don't think that that is a that a problem. Tiger Woods, you know, he's gonna be playing again here in the Memorial Tournament this weekend. Good for him. You know, he's gonna draw the crowd. Well, no crowd, but he's gonna get higher ratings. The, the tournament will get higher ratings now. His first um, tournament since the corona outbreak. Last time he played was back in February. The Ivy League has already canceled all of their fall sports. The ACC and the Big Ten have already decided that their football teams can only play conference games. So we're really seeing corona, you know, move through uh, sports collectively and and. You know, we're trying to bring live sports back and all that stuff, but we haven't realized that there's there's so many things in charter water that we're in right now that these universities are being proactive and just making adjustments that because adjustments are gonna have to be made. Kenny Smith, I mean, Kenny Smith gets on yesterday. Well, I'm not the date, so it's not gonna be yesterday, but he names his Top 10 uh, all-time NBA players. And for some reason, LeBron ends up at number nine and Kobe's at number 11. Now, I get it. Kenny Smith is a UNC product. Played in the NBA. Won a couple titles with the Rockets. Hit some big threes in the 95 finals against the Magic. Um, His best year, I think he was 17 and 7. So he knows way more basketball than I will ever know. But I, I... I got to disagree. 
there's no way Bill Russell's better than Kobe and LeBron. I mean, Larry Bird's not better than those guys. I get it. It's the, my era is the greatest, so these guys aren't better than me, or these guys aren't better than the guys in my era, but just just look at the, look at the guys. There's no way that uh, LeBron is not in the top five all time, as with Kobe. Um, they're both top five uh, players. You, know, you can go top. Let's go seven at the at the far as you can go down is then top seven for both of them. All right, now JJ Reddick was on a podcast, uh, I believe yesterday, and he made a comment that I'm like, come on, man, I get it. I, trust me, I'm black. I've dealt with racism my whole life. I have an actually unique perspective, and we'll get into that one day. Which is, you know, I'm black. Well, I'm I'm black, and then I'm half black, half. What am I? Half black, and then I'm a like a quarter Mexican and a quarter white. But my mom was actually adopted by white people, so I have a unique perspective on race. And so I get racism exists. I get that you, as a black man, I'm have to deal with it my whole life. But not everything has to be turned into racial tension or racism or just race for that matter. So JJ, JJ Reddick gets on his podcast and says that when LeBron made his decision to move to the heat in 2010 and KD moved to the Warriors in 2016, the powers that be were upset because these young, powerful black men took their career in their own hands. I mean, come on, man. That is, that is absurd. Now I know NFL owners, some are probably racist. NBA owners, it's been proven some of them are racist. Well, one of them has been proven to be racist, and there might be some, some other guys that are racist. But people were upset about the move because LeBron formed a super team in his prime with Wade and Bosh, and KD joined a Warriors team that was already loaded. That's why people were mad. No, I, I, I'm reading it today, and I'm like, I mean, come on. No one, I don't think anybody put that to, you know, thought of that in the manner that he is projecting it right now. And if he thought that in 2016, hopefully he said it, you know, on whatever platform that he was uh, using at the time. I mean, guys in the NBA have moved forever. Shaq went to the Lakers in 96. Dwight Howard went to Houston from the Lakers. I mean, is that racial? Or the or the people upset that, Shaquille O'Neal decided to go from the magic small market in Florida to the Lakers showtime. Or were they, were they mad for the small market? Or were they mad because this young black man took his career in his own hands? I mean, you're stretching right there, man. But I'm done with that. I mean, I'm going on about that those type of issues, but let's move on to what I'm going to be discussing today, which is the NBA restart to team analysis. I'm going to go over every team that's in the bubble. I broke them down into four categories. You have the Zion effect. Then you have your, <clears throat> I just don't want to get sick, group. Then you have your, they're close, but it's not their time. And then you have your, your group of teams that they're there to win a title. And if they don't win, they're going to be mad because they risked their life and health. And they didn't, they came up short. Now, the Zion effect is the, these six teams. You got Portland, 
Phoenix, New Orleans, San Antonio, Sacramento, and then East you have Washington. They all got invited because they're six games or fewer out of the eighth seed. So the normal NBA season, the top eight at each conference make the playoffs. But for some reason this year with Corona and all that, that they decided to add any team that's within six games. Uh, doesn't make sense other than the fact that, like I'm saying, it's called the Zion effect. The NBA, they're trying to create some buzz. And they would love to have Zion in the uh, playoffs, especially to go against LeBron. But we'll get that in a second. So they created this, this new rule this year, which allows the, those teams to put, get into the playoffs. And then even if the eighth seed after, at the end of these eight games has a better record, they have to be a, four games ahead in order for them to automatically make the playoffs. If they're not, then the ninth seed is to play the eighth seed. And the ninth seed has to beat the eighth seed two times before the eighth seed beats the ninth, team, ninth seed one time. I mean, that's, they're doing a lot. They're really, they're really doing a lot uh, to create some buzz about the NBA. But good for them, you know. They're trying to do things a little bit differently this year. Um, but I don't believe they would be doing that if Zion Williamson's team was like dead last. I think they would just roll with the top eight. My group of let's just don't get sick. That's Orlando, Brooklyn, Indiana in the east. And in the west, you have Memphis and Utah. The coast, but you got to make some moves. In the west, you have Dallas, Denver, and Oklahoma City. In the east, you have Philadelphia and Miami. And then finally, you're, we got to win or, or I'm going to be so mad because we came out here and could possibly could get sick. The Lakers, Clippers, and Houston in the west. In the east, you got Milwaukee, Toronto, and Boston. So I'm going to start with the Zion effect. These are the teams that are all outside the playoffs right now looking in. Start out east. Washington. I mean, their record is 24 and 40. They're not going to have John Wall, Bradley Beal, or Davis Bertans. Remember, Bertans is, is not playing, so you can cash in on that big free agent contract this year. There's no way they're going to get in the playoffs. It doesn't even make sense for them to even be there. And let's go out west. Phoenix, I mean, these guys are 26 and 39. They're, they're, they're six games back right now. Uh, Memphis, I mean, Devin Booker, though, is a stud. You know, he's, a, he's, he's an all-star in the league. He's on pace to join LeBron James and Oscar Robinson. His only players have multiple 26 points, 26 assist seasons before turning 24. I think the suspension of DeAndre Ayton, Really hurt them this year. If I'm remembering correctly, don't fact check me. I think they were seven and four to start the season, and then he got suspended for uh, PDs and downhill from there. Spurs. I live in San Antonio, so you know, got to be a Spurs fan out here. But that playoff streak is going to come to an end. Twenty-two years straight is amazing, though. It shows the the style of team that they have, the great coaching of, of Popovich, and then the, the great staff they have to get the right players around. They're key guys. But they were already outside the playoffs before COVID hit. And then once they shut down LaMarcus Aldridge, it was a wrap. In my opinion, they should use these eight games to evaluate Lonnie Walker, DeJounte Murray, and Derek White. I mean, heck, let White and Murray play together sometimes. Very rarely do they see the floor at the same time. 
They also need to decide what they're going to do with DeMar DeRozan this offseason. But the big story about the Spurs has to do with Popovich. Rumor has it that he might head up to Brooklyn to coach the Nets. He already has a relationship with Sean Marks, who was previously the assistant GM to the Spurs before he took the GM job with the Nets. Now, I, I don't think KD and Kyrie would want to play for Popovich. Um, but it's interesting to see if um, that rumor does, you know, gain some pace or, or, or even if it happens. But, you know, the Spurs, you know, great, great run, 22 years straight of the playoffs. We got the Kings. Kings finally, before COVID hit, started playing some good basketball. They had won seven of the last ten games. They got a great group of perimeter core in De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, and Bogdan Bogdanovich. But they really missed Marvin Bagley, the third this year. I mean, he didn't play that too many games due to injury, and I think that was like a missing piece for them to try to make a, a playoff push for the first time in a long time. And you got New Orleans. They're outside looking in. I know the NBA wants them in. Heck, I, I, I can't lie. I'd like to see them in. What a great first-round matchup that would be with the Lakers. They've got Zion Williamson, who's just took the NBA by storm. You know, not hasn't played too many games, but, I mean, man, the young fellow's a beast. you got Brandon Ingram, who has blossomed into an all-star this year. He's averaging 24, 6, and 4. Lonzo Ball has found his role. He's found a jump shot. He found a, I would say, a voice outside of his father. I mean, He's had a fun, he's having a, a growth year, um, and if he continues to to get better, you know he'll be that he might become that all star that, that everybody thought he would be with the second pick in the draft. Drew Holiday, I mean, he might be the most underrated player in the NBA, hands down. I mean, phenomenal player, quiet guy, just goes about his business, does his job, two way player, and also can play the one and the two offensively. But I know the NBA. They love to see that matchup. Imagine the storylines. I mean, you got LeBron versus Zion, AD versus the Pelicans, which is his old team, Lonzo versus the Lakers. Then you have your whole, you know, they'll try to paint it like if Williamson has an amazing game, it'll be kind of like the last dance when Jordan was going against Boston and he dropped, you know, what was it, 63 um, it'd be something along those lines that the NBA would try to paint that storyline. I mean, there's so many ways to paint a storyline with this this Pelican team if they end up playing the Lakers and getting in the playoffs. You've got Portland. They've, under, they've underperformed all year. Dames, top four PG in the league, easy. Great range. McCullum, tough to guard, solid, you know, solid, solid, solid player. Borderline all-star. Melo, you know, they picked up Melo after the year started. He's proved that you know he still has the ability to score. Um, he has, he's proved he has the ability to start in the NBA. But none of those guys can even guard a chair. So I, I think that's why they've underperformed all year. They haven't solidified everybody's roles. And then injuries to the front line. You know, Zach Collins got hurt. You know, so Husef Nurkic has been out. All year, but they're supposed to be back. Both of those guys are supposed to be back. So let's see how they go. See if they can make a push into the playoffs. Be another intriguing matchup, though, with the Lakers if they get in. Out east, you have. So that's it. Those are my Zion effect group of teams. So let's move on to the <clears throat> let's not get sick group. They're only there because they have to be there. 
You got Orlando, eighth seed. Markel Fultz, he's came, he's finally showing flashes of becoming of being the, the you know the player that they thought he would be with the first pick in the draft. Y'all remember a few years ago, he's picked number one ahead of Jason Tatum. So there's a reason for that, and he's finally starting to show flashes. I think for a while, mentally, he just lost it. And he's finally starting to gain that form and regain that confidence. Jonathan Isaac is developing to a very nice player. Might be a defensive player that you're candidate here in a few years. I mean, I think the experience of being in the playoffs would be vital for the for their development. You also have Aaron Gordon on the team. So that'd be good as a growth, as a as a step in the right direction for the Magic going into next year. You got the Nets. I don't even know why they're even showing up, to be honest. I mean, KD's not playing. Kyrie's not playing. DeAndre Jordan's not playing. Spencer Dinwiddie's not playing. Who else? Um, Tarion Prince is not playing. I mean, that's 65 points a game, not even counting KD. We already knew he wasn't playing because he's been out all year. But all these guys are, are, are sitting this one out. They just signed Jamal Crawford. Yesterday, they signed Mike Beasley. I mean, they're just trying to fill slots, you know. But I think Karis LeVert, he's going to, have a, he's going to drop a couple 40-point games just because they're going to be the top option, and he has ability to score. be great for his development. Uh, most likely next year he'll be coming off the bench, so it'll be really interesting to see uh, right now how he performs. Going into next year, use it as a stepping stone to be that spark plug off the bench that Nets will need because they'll be loaded next year. The Pacers, they're going to be without Victor Lodipo. Um, but an all-star in himself. Then you had Malcolm Brogdon. You know, he 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 got COVID. So we'll see how he performs. I, I don't think they're they're gonna be going anywhere this year. Um good story. Oladipo's story coming back was great. Um Sabonis has had a phenomenal year, turned into an all-star. I mean, think about it. They got two all-stars when they traded Paul George. They turned those uh that those that trade into two all-star players. So good job for them, but you know, they're not doing anything in the playoffs. Out west, you got Memphis. John Morant, he's the rookie of the year. There's no way uh, I would give it to Thanos Williamson. I mean, he hasn't played enough games. John Morant's got it done day one. Now, I am concerned, though. He's reportedly he's put on 12 pounds of muscle since the hiatus. I don't know if that's a good move for him. He, he really relies on freakish athleticism. And packing on that kind of weight rapidly can't be good for your knees. Then you've got Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, he's going to be an all-star probably one day. Modern-day big man, step out, shoot the three ball, but then defend the paint, switch out on defense on the wing. You know, Justice Winslow, they made that trade for him to try to secure that eighth spot. You know, they'll be done relatively quick, 4-0, 4-1 to the Lakers, but it's good that they – Hopefully they get in. They've earned it. Utah. Now, Utah has the fourth best record in the West, but they're going to be losing Bogdanovich uh, for the playoffs as he opted for wrist surgery. So I, I think the loss of him and those that 20 points a game is too much for them to overcome. You also have to see the dynamic between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Now keep in mind, there's a lot of friction uh, when the NBA had to break because the first player test positive was Gobert, and he took it relatively lightly. Well, I shouldn't say relatively lightly. He took the whole uh, coronavirus very, very lightly. 
uh, which then in turn, Donovan Mitchell end up with it as well. So we'll see how that dynamic works out. Mike Conley really hasn't meshed as well as everybody thought that he would. I thought he would just get plugged right in, but you know, not so much this year. So I think it's going to be a quick exit for them. Um, another, you know, hopefully better individual performance by Mitchell in the playoffs, but we'll see. My next group, though, we're close, man. These teams are close to title contention. Make a few moves here and there, develop a couple players, get lucky when the draft, and you'll be right there. Out west, you have Denver. The Joker is an all-star already in this league. They run the whole offense through him, but I think the key, one of the keys is Jamal Murray. Right before um, the shutdown, he started getting healthier from a bad ankle sprain. He's got to open up the floor for them and be their go-to scorer on the perimeter. Now, I wish the Nuggets would figure out what they're going to do with Michael Porter Jr. When he gets minutes, he performs. The key is he needs steady minutes. and We, we might be looking in a few years that he's the best player on their team. And that's saying a lot when you've got an all-star big man already sitting there, probably top three big guy in the NBA. But I think they should just unleash him. And they're not winning a title this year anyway. I get it. It's a veteran title wanting to, to contend team, but just see what you got out of out of out of him. You might got a you know you might have a twenty point per game, eight rebound, three assists guy that's you know only twenty one years old. I think twenty twenty one twenty two around there. Oklahoma City, go ahead and give GM of the year to Sam Presti. He traded Paul George to the Clippers. He got Shai Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, and five first-round picks. Then he turned around and traded Westbrook to the Rockets and got Chris Paul and two picks. So let me get this straight. You trade your best two players on a team. The ones that you get back in return turn into your four best players, all of them averaging over 17 points a game. And then you still have seven first-round picks over the next few years. Now, the key is how he develops these players and make sure they get a title out of all of this, these assets to, to, that they're about to accumulate. Keep in mind, he's the same GM that had Harden, Westbrook, and Durant on the same team, and they didn't win a title. So he does a great job of building a team, but let's say let's see if he can close it out. Now, Chris Paul, whew, great, great year. Guy's averaging 17 and 7. I mean, he's really, really been a leader for the Thunder and how they prepare and how they play. And so, you know, they've had a great season. They've had a great year. They need to make some moves if they've, they've had a great year. You got Dallas, man. It's all about Luka. Now, I called him before he even played in the NBA. Ask anybody that knows me. I called it. I said he's going to be killed the NBA. He played high-level Europe since he was a teenager. And he had to learn how to play basketball because he's not a freak athlete. So it's not how... He had to rely on learning how to do step backs and use his ability, like like ball skills, ball movement, triple threat, jab steps, to get his shot off because he's he doesn't have you know elite athleticism. So here he is in year two. He's averaging twenty nine nine and nine. If you just round it all up, amazing. I mean, he's, again, y'all, second year. Porzingis is a great second option. Keep in mind, back in the day, you know, he was an all star for the Knicks. You know. Tim Hardaway Jr. has really, really came on this year. Probably had his best year of his career. Now, the loss of Dwight Powell, 
is going to hurt them in the playoffs. But I think the Mavs can make a few moves here in the next few years, and they'll be right there as title contenders. Out east, you got the 76ers. They're the sixth seed. They've underperformed all year. Now, I'm not a big fan of Ben Simmons for the simple fact that he can't shoot. Like, you, you play basketball. you got to learn how to shoot. I, I really want to question, does he just like being in the NBA? You know, I mean, he hasn't. How much better has he gotten in the four years in the NBA? Like, think about it. His numbers across the board are virtually the same. And in the playoffs, when the game slows down, you know, the Sixers end up playing four on five. I think they're going to miss J.J. Reddick's perimeter game this year in the playoffs. Joel Embiid is a monster. Imagine how nice he'd be if he ever got in shape. But he's a monster. But when he shares the floor with Simmons, there's no space. Or he's out in the perimeter trying to shoot threes. This, I think, you know, they're not going to win this year. I think they need to spend time next year deciding what they're going to do this offseason, deciding what they're going to do with those two guys. Are they going to try to you know, go at it again with both of them as cornerstone pieces? Or are they going to break them up and trade one of them? Miami, interesting team. Not a lot to say. They got two all-stars. Jimmy Butler's had a great year. Uh, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero are some great shooters. I mean, everybody knows their role on the team. Eagle Dial, I think, will help a lot in the playoffs. But I still think they're about one, one legit player from being true, true title contenders. And then lastly, we have the man I risked my health and we didn't win the dang title. We got the Raptors in the East. They're sitting with the second best record in the NBA. I mean, they lost the top three player in the world and haven't, haven't slowed down. Pascal Siakam has turned into their first option and has had a great year. Fred Van Fleet has really stepped up. Kyle Lowry has been steady, 28 and 9. The Raptors, I mean, I think they really believe that they can repeat. Um, and that's saying a lot because once they lost Kawhi Leonard, I don't think anybody had them as true contenders in the NBA anymore. Now, Boston is right in between. They're young, but they've got, man, they got some solid, solid players. Kimba Walker moving over to the, to the Celtics has been great for them. Jason Tatum, y'all, just blossomed into a top three player in the East. Go-to score, got a perimeter game, can put the ball on the floor. I mean, they're one of a few teams, part of the NBA, that has four guys that can get their own shot anytime. Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kimba Walker, and Gordon Hayward call create their own shot whenever they want to. Side note, big ups to Jalen Brown. Great, great, thoughtful, smart young man. Uh, his vision he has for social justice, his it's just outlook on life is really unique for someone so young. Just just throw that out there. Big ups to him. Now they're a bit undersized up front, which will pose a problem against the Bucks. But other than that, they're an exciting team to to watch. I'm looking forward to seeing Jason Tatum perform in the playoffs. He he's not going to back down. Got to keep in mind a couple of years ago, his rookie year, you know, he dunked on LeBron in, in the playoffs. Had a great series. He's going to grow. He's got that, that that little bit of that Kobe in him. Then you got Milwaukee. Giannis is having just a monster year. I mean, 30, 14, and 6, and he's only playing 31 minutes a game. They spread the floor, allowed him to work in space. The key, though, to the Bucks is going to be Chris Middleton. Remember last year, he folded against the Raptors in the playoffs. I mean, and then he got a max contract. So he can't, he can't come up short again this year. Now, it doesn't help that he claims that he hasn't touched a basketball in three months since we went on this hiatus. So, 
If they if he plays bad again, that's why. I mean, he didn't he didn't work out. Claiming he didn't have a gym or things like that. Man, you make so much money, go rent out a gym. But we're not gonna get into all that. Their point differential is at all time high. Their starting five is legit. Their their bench is legit. I mean, it's championship or bust for Milwaukee. But if they don't make the finals, I want y'all to pay attention to the to the notion that Giannis might leave. They at least have to make it to the finals. I take it if they lose in the finals, but if they don't even make the finals, Giannis is going to have to really consider staying there because Middleton is being paid so much as a second option that you won't be able to get someone else. Now, out west, we're almost done. Out west, got the Rockets. I mean, they've embraced small ball like nobody else. I mean, there's Texas high school teams that have a bigger starting lineup than they do. Got rid of Clint Capella, which allowed Westbrook to just go downhill, penetrate, go downhill. James Harden, James Harden is doing his thing. I mean, they really just, you know, have 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 said, you know what, we're going to work with James' ISO game and Westbrook's drives and see what happens, and we'll shoot a bunch of threes. Now, they're going to be at a disadvantage against some teams with some bigs, you know, and then you got to give the team MVP. I mean, you might even want to say it's P.J. Tucker. I mean, here a guy is undersized, older guy. He's not, you know, he's not in his 20s. I hear garden guys four or five inches taller than him, outweighing by 20, 30, 40 pounds every night. And gives it his all, and then still and still has the ability to step out and hit that corner three. Here we go to the Clippers. Title of bust. They're a little undersized. You know, Zubak is the only guy that is over, you know, six ten that plays regular minutes. But they have Kawhi Leonard, top two or three player in the world. Doesn't get phased. Not afraid of LeBron. Actually embraces the challenge of, of going up against LeBron. Had a great year scoring, best year in his career at running pick and rolls, and his assist numbers are up. They have Paul George. Remember last year, top five MVP voting. They have three of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA, Paul George, Beverly, Patrick Beverly, and Kawhi Leonard. They have Lou Williams coming off the bench in the second unit with Montrez Harrell. I mean, they're loaded. The biggest question I have for the, for the Clippers is Marcus Morris. He's got to find a rhythm with this team. He's got to find a groove because his role has changed so drastically from coming over from the Knicks. On the Knicks, you know, you're getting 14, 15 shots a game. You're not expected to win anyway. And then you get to the Clippers, and they're giving you four to five, uh, sorry, five to seven, five to eight shots a night, maybe nine, maybe 10 on a great night. They want you to be a role player. So he has yet to find his rhythm before COVID hit. And a little bit too often, he takes a shot when the ball should be swung one more time to either Kawhi or PG or Lou Will. Um, so the offense should run through those three guys. So we'll see what they do in the playoffs. But as a whole, the Clippers have the, they, they match up with the Lakers, you know, and they have the perimeter defenders to throw at LeBron. You could, you could spend some time, Beverly could spend some time on, then you throw PG at him. Then you throw um, Kawhi at him. Then you throw Morris at him. I and mean, they got bodies to throw at LeBron, which then brings me to the Lakers. And LeBron's leading the, the NBA in assists in year 17. That's crazy. I give it to him. It's amazing. Now, I'm pretty sure, you know, he's he's into his stats and he's into, you know, his numbers have to stay good and all that. And all of that. But what he's doing at 35 is just remarkable. 26, 11, and 8. I mean, he's still probably the best player in the NBA. Lakers are playing great. 
AD's having a monster year. Played through some injuries, which is good for him because normally just, you know, he's kind of brittle. Uh, but great for him. I really think they're going to miss Avery Bradley, though. Uh, big, big piece missing as he, uh, as he decided to sit out of the restart uh, due to family concerns, which was, was great for him. Uh, they picked up J.R. Smith, uh, two different players. I mean, I think J.R. can hit some threes for you, but is he in game shape? Probably not. He hasn't played in two years. Uh, and then he's not the perimeter defender that Brad, Bradley is, which then messes up their rotation. The Lakers had their rotation pretty much set. And Bradley not being there is really going to, you know, you know, cause a little bit of, um, let's say, movement, but nothing that they can't overcome. And then that's it, y'all. That's all 22 teams that are in the Orlando bubble that we just discussed. Let me know what you think. Um, the NBA's back. They're here. Post a, um, give me a comment. Like it on the Main Zone IG page. You know, thank you for tuning in. Lastly, if you live in Texas, July 14th is the day to vote. Man, go vote. Seriously. Like, if there's ever a time to vote, the time is now. Until next week, though, be blessed. I'm out.